Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. This is the Better Pleasure Podcast, and we are with Running Light Ministries, joined here by Peter Martin, and my name's Bo Ouellette. The podcast are ones that we do regarding the Bible and, and issues like pornography and sexual immorality and theology and philosophy. I mean, they're really fun, man. Yeah. We get to delve in so many different worlds. Right now, we are in a series, a premarital series. So this is for people that really have thought about marriage, desire to be married, even though the stuff we're talking about is very applicable for people that are married, too. But this is what they would get if they ever saw us in counseling. These are the kind of concepts we would go over. So we're in Ephesians chapter 5. That's where we've been. We have been hammering on the dudes, man, just crushing them, huh, Peter? (laughs) It's been awesome. It's been really great. And for those that don't know, hockey season's coming up, man. (laughs) So that's a big, big deal. (laughs) That's a big deal for you. (laughs) It's a big deal for for a lot of people. Yeah, French Canadians. It's a big thing, (laughs) you know? So yeah, hockey season's coming up, which is exciting. (laughs) But uh, hey, okay. We're in uh, Ephesians chapter five, talking about husbands. We're talking about how uh, they are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Hmm. And we've already talked about that. We are at verse 27. Hmm. So if you have your Bibles out there, you might want to get that out. It's um, or get your phones out. It's chapter 5, verse 27, where it says that he, the husband, might present it to himself, or you could put her to himself, right? As a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, even as the Lord does the church. Okay, man, so you want to start us off in verse 27? Yeah, a lot of rich, awesome stuff here. Um, The first thing I want to start off with in talking about is this real responsibility that husbands have before God. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, Paul is saying that Jesus is sanctifying and making his church holy and presenting her to himself as a glorious bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's using that as an allegory for something that husbands are to be doing with their wives, meaning there is a cosmic responsibility, meaning a responsibility that I have as a husband before my creator um, to sanctify my wife, to make her holy. But the difference is, is that Jesus is making his bride holy for himself, where he is the holiness I'm supposed to be instilling in my wife is for Christ. Meaning, when I stand before God on Judgment Day one day, part of the way he's going to look at me is how I did in the process of sanctifying my wife, making her more and more Christ-like. Um, he's going to actually judge me on that. Now, we as Christians, we obviously don't believe that um, our salvation is dependent on this particular type of judgment. However, Paul talks about a a type of judgment like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we're going to have our works talked about, judged before God um, in how we lived our lives. And it's going to dictate some 
sort of rewards that we don't fully understand, but um, it's going to be there. So as a husband, I have a pretty hefty responsibility before my wife of sanctifying her and bringing her closer to God and helping her understand um, biblical things. We also see this present in other of Paul's writings. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11 and in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul mentions the idea that husbands are actually responsible to communicate the word of God to their wives and help them grow. So he says that wives shouldn't be, um, and a lot of people get a little upset about this, but he says that wives shouldn't be talking during church, but they should ask their husbands at home. And he's not saying that women aren't allowed to ch talk in church. He was referring to kind of like a social faux pas where the women in church were yelling questions at their husbands or to other people in the church service. And Paul's saying, no, it's the responsibility of the, of the husband to communicate these truths to his wife in the comfort of their own home and not to be distracting during the service. Mm. But um, it's really, really important for us as husbands to grab this, to grapple with it. Um, I always, when I'm going through premarital with um, with usually younger people, <laughs> I tell them, like, you know, are, were you nervous meeting the father of the woman that you want to marry? And most of the guys are like, yeah, I was nervous meeting him. I was nervous. You know, you wanted to live up to his expectations. You wanted to uh, do things correctly by him. And the point that the Bible's trying to make to us as husbands is you have a much scarier father-in-law in the Lord, you know, meaning that God is the father of this girl that you're trying to marry. And you are, in essence, again, being judged by how you treat her. And so tread softly. First Peter 3, verse 7 mentions a very similar things where he talks about husbands treating our wives correctly, lest our prayers be hindered. Um, we'll get into that later more, but uh, the idea there is, again, that there's something in the way I treat my wife that's actually going to impact my relationship with God, that he's going to hold me accountable for the way I treat her. Mm. Um, is there anything you wanted to add to that? I mean, I think, I think what you're talking about is so cool because it's about bringing your wife before God again. Yeah. And 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 as a future husband, is your concern really about bringing your future wife before God? Meaning, are you really looking for her betterment, her godly better betterment? Most of us, if we got honest, would have a selfish heart. We're really what we're hoping is that our spouses are going to do things that we want them to do for <laughs> us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that would be kind of the selfish motivation. And I think if most husbands, uh, you know, grooms were to sit down and really examine what they want out of their spouse, they would probably find that selfishness in there. Mm. And But what the Bible's saying is that a husband's role is not primarily that. The hi husband's role primarily is to present her to God without spot or wrinkle and th I, what i was looking on the internet is because spot and wrinkle always reminded me of again mm. the animal sacrifices yeah and so we've already mentioned that once in this section um the priesthood that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water we talked about how the priest would cleanse them cleanse himself but here it's really a reference to what the animal sacrifices mm. spot or without wrinkle, without spot or without wrinkle. These would be the, the concept that we find in um, Leviticus 1.3, for instance. It says, in his offering is a burnt offering from the herd. He shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of the meeting that he may be accepted before the Lord. Mm. So the idea is that my acceptance 
in bringing the sacrifice before the Lord, my acceptance is based on bringing a animal that is without spot or without blemish. So my, my thing is, do I want to be acceptable before the Lord. Hmm. And so I want to, now we bring it into the New Testament, I want to bring my wife hmm. before God as someone <laughs> without spot or without wrinkle. Yeah. Um, so now it's important for me to bring her before the Lord in a proper way mm. because it really is, that's a, a good, uh, again, a good done to her is a good done to me. And mm. that's what it's getting at in this section. Yeah. We'll, we'll she's hit bone of your bone, she's flesh bo- of my flesh. Yeah, that's right. So she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So that's what we can see. Paul saying that is like when you bring your sacrifice before the Lord, your wife before the Lord, mm and say, hey, she is without spot or without wrinkle, it is really so that you are accepted before the Lord. Yeah. And that's, I think, what First Peter's even referencing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that your prayers may not be hindered. So meaning if, right. I, if I don't do this, then God will, in a sense, like that, that idea is very Old Testament, yeah. Isaiah specifically, where God says, my arm's not shortened, but your sins have separated you from me. Um, so there's this idea that God's not hearing the prayers of his people because of their sins. And first Peter's getting at first Peter three and Paul are getting at this idea that the way I treat my wife can be such a sin that God can actually turn away from me, um, that it could violate our relationship. And that's, that's the idea of the sacrifice in Mm -hmm. the old Testament. Always remember sacrifice means to be brought near. It's made up of two words. Mm -hmm. And so to b- to bring near. And so when you're bringing your spouse before the Lord, if that's really your goal, then mm. it's bringing you before the Lord. Yeah. It, it makes you acceptable. So, you know, what I always think about is, you know, is is as you as a young man, are you really about the business of wanting your wife to be the best child of God she could be? Is that the goal? If it's not the goal, then what is the goal? (laughs) To make me happy. To make me happy, right? Maybe that's what the culture says, to make me happy. But what's the problem with that? The problem with that is that it's ultimately selfish, you know, and that's not loving. So, you know, the beginning of this passage began with husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Um, So the Bible defines love as a selfless love, meaning you're, you're not putting yourself in there. But if you're loving your wife because of what she can give you back, that's not selfless. That's actually seeking something from her. That violates 1 Corinthians 13 where it says love does not seek its own. Right? You're seeking your own in that instance. And to bring this into a practical sense, I got to think as a husband, you know, what are the things that kind of bug me about my wife? You know, what are my pet peeves with my wife? And do they really have anything to do with God? You know, like when I think about the things that I'm like, my wife really needs to change that about herself. You know, most of the time they have nothing to do with God. It's just like, you know, I don't like the way that she puts the toilet paper on the thing. I don't like that she asked me to do this. I don't like the fact that I have to do this. Like, and I, and I think about it and like nothing, none of it has anything to do with God whatsoever. I'm, I'm always swapping the toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I, I'm always doing that, dude. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. I don't know either, man. Everyone knows it comes out. You know, All I know is... It's got to be on the outside. That's right. It has to be on the outside. But why is it that they're always putting it on the inside? I think I figured it out. Okay. I see because like when my wife sits down, 
It's actually <laughs> easier to pull it from underneath Is that the deal? when you're sitting down. But if you're standing up, it's much easier to pull it from the top. Mate, <laughs> I don't so know, man. It's <laughs> funny. But my argument is that you can also pull it from the top when you're sitting down. But when you're standing up, you can't get it from the That's bottom. Right. So That's right. there is a superior way. That's right. Let me let me let me kind of do a little uh, not a correction, but just a, a more emphasizing a certain point with what right. you're saying. In 1 Corinthians 13, always remember, when it says love does not seek its own, there's something we mean by that, meaning meaning love does not seek its own at the expense of the other. Always think of it that way. Love does not seek its own at the expense of the other. Yeah. Love does have a profit, 1 mm -hmm. Corinthians. That same passage tells us love has a profit. So there is something we gain from it. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, even in the Ephesians chapter 5, where we're relating to how this passage relates to the Old Testament. The reason you bring the animal sacrifice without spot or wrinkle is so that you're accepted before mm. the Lord. Yeah. It's it, 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 so you're accepted, and there's a benefit from that. Mm. Um, and so just as I bring my wife before the Lord, there's a benefit for me. So mm. in a sense, I want to bring, uh, I'm looking for the reward. I want my wife to be without spot or wrinkle before God. Mm. Because I want the reward of being close to God. Yeah. You know, that's my reward is yeah. drawing close to Christ. And so there is a benefit from it. But check this out. Love always benefits the other. So when I'm getting that reward of being brought close to God, it's also a rewarding for her. <laughs> Someone might say, oh, well, love, your love is kind of selfish because you're getting something out of it, too. Yeah, but the Bible's not saying love doesn't have a reward to it, yeah. a self-profit. But it's saying that self-profit is not at the expense of the other. Right. And and uh, also to go along with that, it's uh, it's a big difference. And I think everyone in our culture would understand this. It's a big difference to crave something as a fruit as opposed to a goal. And what I mean is... It's okay, like, no wife on the planet, right? If I were to go to my wife on our anniversary and I were to go to her and be, a, and she would be like, man, we've been married for a couple years. It's been awesome. What do you think you've enjoyed most about it? And I'd be like, you know what? I just enjoy you. You know, you're so beautiful and amazing and the way you cook for me and the way you take care of me and the way you do this and the way you do that. You're just so incredible. There's no way my wife or any woman on the planet for that matter would look at their husband and say like, are you kidding me? What a selfish thing to say. You enjoy me? Like you delight in me. You like it when I serve you. Like it's all about you, man. Like you're just so selfish. Like no way. She would never say that because when you delight in the person themselves, you delight in the things that they do for you as a fruit, not the goal. And That's that right. brings glory back to them. So for God, getting the pleasure of a good marriage and stuff like that, it's good, but it's not the goal, right? That's not what I'm going after. And it would be all the difference in the world if, if after, you know, my, again, going back to the scenario, my wife says, man, we've been married for a couple of years. What have you enjoyed? They're like, man, what I really enjoy is your cooking. That's it. That's what I get out of this. And she'd be like, well, what about our relationship? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. But your cooking's really where it's at. You know, she would be very offended by that because now instead of enjoying it as a fruit, that's become my goal. Yeah. And that's how God looks at it too. Where instead of saying, God, I love you and having a good marriage, and having um, a beautiful wife that's before you and benefiting her, those are cool things, but they're fruit of me just enjoying you, enjoying right. my relationship with you. Yeah, and so when we get back to Ephesians 5, it tells us you know, to present them 
without wrinkle or without spot. And again, that means we want to present, we want to, we want their, them to walk good lives, Christian lives. Because it says in verse 28, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. Yeah. So if I truly love myself, I'm going to love my wife. Right. And, and the reason why is because she is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Right. In a sense, she comes out of me. She's a part of me. And that speaks deeply of a, of a profound amounts of empathy, right? That it's like if my wife is hurting, like it hurts me. Like that's how deep and personal. It's like a, a part of my body, like my bone is hurting, right? If someone broke my leg, I wouldn't be like, well, this is my leg, right? No, it's my leg. Like it's going to hurt me. Just a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> and if someone hurts my wife, I should feel the same way of like they're hurting me, you know, like they're violating me. And if someone blesses my wife, it would be like they're blessing me, right? It, it's a it's a good thing. I want that. And um, so that, that kind of empathy is really and cool. It, and it's so vital because think about it this way, future husband or husband, is that if you don't look at your spouse as being from you, bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, mm. that obviously resonates bi- biblically with the historical account of Adam and Eve, mm. that she literally came out of man. So because she came out of man, you wouldn't hurt her because she's from you. Right. She's, she's literally a part of you. Mm. And that's the idea there. But if we really believe that in the idea that that our wives are a part of us in even a mystical way, then would you ever say to her like, hey, you know what? I know you don't feel good, but you know what? Um, I'm horny, so, yeah. you know, we got to have sex. Yeah. You know, would you ever say that? Or would, ev- would, would you ever use your sexuality to, to hurt her? Would you ever, you know, just just tear into her like, you know, you're watching some crazy hardcore porn? You know, and you would you would want to perform what you see mm. um, onto her, and and you know mimic that behavior, mm. um, because you're no longer thinking about her. See, your sex becomes fully selfish, and the reason why I bring up that sexual thing is just because it is the most vulnerable. Yeah, a lot of us make mistakes there, and some make some very big mistakes in that marital bed, and those things are hard to retrieve back. You know, because if your wife, if you're, if you're, if you're sitting there going, "Well, honey, you know, I'm just, I'm just really horny," and she's like, "Well, gosh, I'm, you know, I, I got really bad cramping, and I just feel really horrible, and I think I'm gonna start my period soon or something," and you're like, "Well, sorry, you know, but, but you need to put out right now." Hmm. You know, because of your lack of self-control, because you're not walking with the Lord properly, you're not living a life of self-control, hmm. um, you're certainly not thinking about her, then what does that do to her heart? Hmm. And so what are you doing to yourself? You're hmm. hurting yourself because you're hurting your spouse. Right. And so you're damaging you in that. Anybody who's gotten a divorce knows that when when a divorce happens, both parties are hurt there's pain there so to me I, th- I think about that you know if you're not thinking if you're thinking selfishly about you know your spouse to be then um man the re- the ramifications of that are just crazy bad right yeah and i would say you know for everyone out there you know if you're not married yet this idea you know i i should never say like you know never say to someone ephesians five twenty five 
doesn't become applicable until after you get married. You know, if you're dating someone, you should start thinking in these terms. And that means that, you know, it's picking up on where Bo's talking about. It's like me as a man, is it really loving for me to pressure my wife into premarital sex? You know, does that benefit her walk with God? Does that benefit her standing before the Lord? And am I really thinking about her betterment or am I thinking about my pleasure? And if that's the way I think before marriage, it's also going to be the way I think kind of after marriage too. Of like, you know, it's kind of more about what I want than really about what she wants. And uh, that kind of, like Bo said, when you're in that vulnerable stasis of sexuality, that is the number one place where you could really hurt people. You know, that's the number one place where you could really do damage to your spouse and violate that trust. And, um, you know, nine times out of ten in the marital counseling that I have, if there's a problem in the marriage as a whole, there's probably a problem in the bed too. There's probably a, a pretty serious problem in the marital bed. I don't really think I've really encountered uh, a marriage that falls apart and there's been no violations in the sexuality, the sexual department. There's, there's always something there. So um, we need to guard ourselves and think like, man, am I, am I living for the betterment of my spouse? Am I really trying to better her? Because when she's bettered, I become better. You know, I, I become more uh, acceptable to God and I grow closer to him. And the closer I go to him, the more I bring her to God and the more she grows, the more I grow. And it's this beautiful cycle, but it works both ways. The more I harm her, the further I go from God. And the further I go from God, the more I harm her. And so it goes in a vicious cycle that way. Yeah. So we need to think about these things. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing you could think of, uh, I think right now, is... Are you concerned about your future spouse and her relationship with God? Mm. If you could just ask the, answer that one question, mm. that are you concerned about your future spouse's walk with God? Mm. You know, do you, do, you, do you care about her walk with God? Do you want to see her thrive in her walk with God? Mm. Um, because if you do, then you're probably on the right path to get married. Mm. Um, but if you, if you can do an honest assessment and... Uh, there's no other better assessment than an honest one. Yeah. Uh, and you say, no, I'm not really thinking about her r walk with God. I'm just thinking about us, you know, buying a place and living and blah, 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 blah. And I don't really care about her walk with God. Well, then I would say probably you need to hold off and yeah. wait because you certainly that selfishness is just going to grow because that's what it does. Mm. You know, that's right. There's yeah. one thing I wanted to round out real quick. Yeah, go for it. Um, it, w it goes into First Peter 3. So First Peter 3, verse 7, uh, basically says, Husbands, dwell with your wives uh, with understanding, giving honor to them as to the weaker vessel. Um, now, the reason why that applies to what we're talking about here is when the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, or love your wife as yourself, what it's getting at is the reason why I'm able to love myself so perfectly is because I understand myself so perfectly. I know what I need in the moment. The reason why I sometimes can't love others is because I'm not willing to assume that they're different than me and serve them the way that they need to be served. So, for instance, if I'm hurting, there's ways that people can serve me. Um, you know, if I'm hurting physically, I don't really want people to be all, like, in the room with me, like, Peter, are you okay? You know, like, it, it would kind of make me weirded out. But that doesn't mean that that's the way everyone is. Some people need, like, desire that amount of attention. When my wife's hurting, do I know 
what she needs in that moment? Do I understand her? Do I, have I taken the time to try to understand her enough? Or am I going to do the dude thing of just like, oh, it's her hormones, you know, like <laughs> she'll get over it. She just needs to work. They it always get over it. Yeah. Dude. They just, they <laughs> get over it. You know, God forbid I ask her what's wrong, you know, like, and, and kind of think that way. Right. Or am I going to be like, man, I want to die to myself. I want to know my wife. I want to understand her so I can better serve her. It's that idea again of wanting that empathy, wanting that compassion, and so many men, I heard him hear him say it all the time, where they just go like, "Hey, no man's ever going to understand a woman, so why try?" It's like, yeah, you know what? That's true. I, I I'm not going to be arrogant enough to say like, "Oh, I totally understand my wife fully." You know, I I don't, but I understand her better today than I ever have, and I expect tomorrow I'm going to understand her even better. There's a trajectory of understanding and a trajectory of trust in our marriage, and so. Just because you're never going to fully have it doesn't mean you could just stop trying. That would be the same. Um, that would be the same rationale that someone would use towards God, of like, "Well, I'm always going to sin, so why bother?" It's like, "Well, yeah, you're always going to sin, but you could sin less, and you could get closer to God. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that?" Mm-hmm. And with your wife, it's the same thing. You're never going to fully understand her, but you can always understand her better if you're willing to submit, and if you're willing to trust, and if you're willing to listen, and to challenge a lot of your ideals, and to not be selfish to like be like i want to i want to think about what she wants and not what i want in this mm. moment yeah good stuff okay we're going to wrap up the podcast that'll be the end of our ephesians premarital stuff and then next week we're going to talk about divorce which is a big hot topic um and man we hope that people are getting some of the good stuff that we're talking about there there's some awesome principles there that hopefully people are taking home and they have killer marriages man they have awesome stuff going on mm. You know, so dealing with fear, dealing with insecurity, dealing with resentment, dealing with discontentment, uh, all selfish pride, anxieties, these type of things. We all have to be honest with these and deal with them in our lives. And if you find yourself married, the best thing to do is be honest about those things within the marriage. You know, grace, man. Remember grace. (laughs) You know, that's right. We're loved by God. So we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Okay. Bye bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.